So, Beth, are you busy this week? What, busy? I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, we stay really busy, and I think one of the things that's easiest for us to kind of negate that and make our jobs better, easier, is just working with people that you get along with. And It's really yeah. nice to have synergy with your clients. It's nice to have synergy with your teammates, but it really makes for a great relationship both internally and externally when you do have that great working relationship. Yeah, and that's why I'm so excited to speak to our guest today because it's somebody that you and I have both worked with for a few years now. Um, she's very passionate about what she does. She's incredibly talented, and we're really excited to talk to her today about uh, what it looks like to just build a good company and how that filters into your internal PR structure and then also how that affects your external communications. We're really excited to hear what Vera has to say today, so stay tuned. Today, our guest is Vera Foster. She is the Director of Communications and Community Engagement at Lehman Roberts Company here in Memphis. And Vera, we're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I love being here. This is an absolute honor for me. Thank you. Well, we greatly appreciate you being here. Tell us a little bit about Lehman Roberts Company. What is the company? What does it do? And tell us about your role as well. Um, Lehman Roberts is a, um, it's a sister company. Um, they, we have common stock ownership with another company called Memphis Stone and Gravel. Um, just going back historically, Memphis Stone and Gravel was actually founded in 1910 by two brothers, C.D. and W.L. Smith. The company was passed down through several generations. It was always family-owned and operated. Lehman Roberts Company was founded in 1939 by William Lehman and George Roberts. Um, who coincidentally met working in Kentucky for the Cary Reed Company. And the Cary Reed Company was owned by Mr. Roberts' father-in-law. Memphis Stone and Gravel is an aggregates producer. Lehman Roberts is an asphalt production company and asphalt paving company. Since aggregates are an integral part of the asphalt process, it made sense for the two businesses to do business together and over the course of time, they became sister companies and owned through common stock owners. Well, we are so excited to learn so much more about aggregates and the kind of highway paving construction company here today. Um, But tell us a little bit more about your role with the company, with both companies, with the sister companies. Tell us what you do and, and what your role entails. I am the communications and community engagement director. Um, Communications is obviously um, a little more broad spectrum. Um, I do a lot of research as far as what's going on in the company, the methods that we're doing. I write newsletters. I fulfill information uh, or pass along information for social media, um, a variety of different methods and madnesses to it. Um, Community engagement. I do a lot of projects internally with our company, with our employees, to get them involved in basically serving the community and being a good steward of what we've been given, giving back to our our neighbors. So we do community service projects throughout the year, but we have one huge project coming up in January. We do an annual day of service uh, here in the Memphis community. So your position before you were there this position really wasn't, it did not exist. Is that there correct? There was no me. So <laughs> Pre-me, there was that's no right, me. That's right. <laughs> I love that. Well, so tell us a little bit about how this position came to be, why you feel like 
the companies, Lehman Roberts and Memphis Stone and Gravel, felt like this position was necessary? Over the course of time, um, the four owners we have currently did a lot of strategic planning um, to the point of trying to determine not only what we do well, what we wanted to do better, and how we were going to base that improvement on our values, our strengths, our um, desire to growth, et cetera, what made, made sense. I started as the uh, executive assistant to the president, and I was involved with some of his planning, just helping behind the scenes. We knew that part of our challenges were based on getting communication out to our staff. We have 300 employees scattered over a 200-mile area. Some use technology, some don't, some have company email addresses, some do not. It just was very difficult to get information to them. So one of the targets that came up was, how do we do that? I started researching what a communications position looked like. And as with all things, no good deed goes unpunished. So <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> you have a new title <laughs> and a lot more responsibility. <laughs> No, I love that, though. I love that focus, especially that you guys recognized internally because, you know, when I think about um, asphalt paving, my dad is actually a crane operator, so he's mm-hmm. in that construction field, too. Yeah. And I think that industry, when you're working in it, is so focused on the job. And let's make sure we're getting this done, that we're doing it up to code, and that we're mm-hmm. meeting everything we need, and then finding the work, I think, is a big thing, too. But you don't really hear that much about communications being an important part of the construction industry, or Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like there's a lot of focus on that. But these guys, like you mentioned, I I think some of them are, a lot of them are older, and so they may not Mm -hmm. be using technology. And even the younger guys that are coming up in the industry, because they're out there like actually doing like hard labor all day, they're not spending as much time on their phones as, Mm -hmm. you know, other people may be. And so... uh, I can, I can see why that's a huge challenge. I think that's so cool that you guys invested in that. What do you think um, the value has been that you've added as far as like from a communications perspective? Uh, well, foremost, engagement. The employees are engaged. They understand the information that's coming out. They're getting information. They're able to contribute information. And just their engagement alone has been astronomical. That you bring up a good point and something you referred to as well, thinking about you know people being there for so long. So Farah, I've had the great pleasure of working with you for a while now, and and uh, so appreciative of that. And one of the things that I think really stands out about Lehman Roberts is the culture that has mm-hmm. been built within the company. People stay around for decades, not just years. Right. So can you tell us a little, a little bit about the company's history and why you feel it's such a great place to work, why so many people stay around for so long? With our, with Lehman Roberts in particular, since the same stock owners own both companies, the two founders had a very particular set of values that they started with. The, uh, Mr. Lehman never had children, but Mr. Roberts had a lovely family, and the, the company ownership has been passed along through now the fourth generation of owners. They specifically wanted to take care of their customers. The second generation was um, Mr. Roberts' son-in-law, and his name was Jim Madison, and he functioned by a specific role of delivering the best product at the best price to the customer. Um, Upon his passing, the stock ownership then went down to his daughter and two sons, and um, the gentleman who ran the company was his son-in-law, Rick Moore. And Rick's theory was you can have bricks and mortar, but if you don't have people, you can't deliver a product. 
So when the ownership then passed to the fourth generation, they really set out to determine what the values were that they were operating by. They were coined by observing employees and observing the prior owners. And so they came up with four values, humility, stewardship, continuous improvement, and relationships. Those values have very, been very instrumental in how we hire, how we train, how we run our business, etc. It also has been completely woven through the culture of the entire company. And it's really interesting to see when a culture is established like that, when your core values are established like that, and then you have a communications person who is so focused on, you know, making sure that internal communications is, you know, it's, it's a top priority, and you can tell it's a top priority because that message gets disseminated across the entire company, and it really it really enables every single employee to take ownership of that culture, of those core values. Mm -hmm. And then they come to work every day and they're prepared to live it. They're working together and collaborating on making sure that they produce the best product. They produce the best service because they're, they're doing it for one another. It's, we're all in this together and that culture really, it, it's great for internal, but that, that provides significant external benefits as well. It, it enables you to entice more people to come and work for your company. It enables you to, um, you're building brand awareness. So you're, you know, hopefully getting new customers. You know, there's mm -hmm. so many opportunities from both an internal and external perspective. So you bring up some really great points about core values and culture and how important that is. Yeah, and I think what you're saying is exactly right. We talk so much about PR and how important it is to get your message out there. But one of the biggest things that we've talked about is authenticity and how mm -hmm. the, about your brand needs to just be really authentic to who you are. Mm -hmm. um, before you can get to an authentic place, you kind of need to just build a good company. So before <laughs> you can build a good PR strategy, you just have to know who you are, what's valuable to your employees, what's valuable, valuable to your customers. And one thing that I love about working with Lehman Roberts over the last few years is that you guys have done that. I think to your point, watching... Um, are really understanding that history of how each generation of ownership has kind of brought something new to the table. Mm -hmm. And then watching this new generation um, really focus on developing that message and establishing this corporate identity um, that really engages your employees a lot more is creating a lot of opportunities for you guys outside of that as well, right? Exactly. And you know, you, with any corporation, you can get as large as you want to get but your message can become very diluted. And over the course of time, we have found that staying true to those four core values in every decision that's made keeps our message very simple, it keeps our operation very simple, and it keeps everything very cohesive because everybody's functioning from the exact same starting point. I mean, it's celebrating your history while exploring new opportunities, but it's always rooted in those four core values, the core four, as you and guys like to say. If you go back to your core values and you base every decision on, are we acting humbly? Are we behaving in a way that's going to be beneficial to our customers, which our customers, for the largest part, are taxpayers. Anybody who drives on an asphalt paved road is a taxpayer. Are we serving them to the best of our ability? Are we constantly looking to improve and improve our processes, improve our costing, so that we provide an improved benefit to the end user and to our employees along the way? Are we being a good steward of the trust that's been placed in us and of the things that have been passed before us and we hope to pass on to somebody else? And are we being honest in every relationship? And it's when you base your decisions 
on those four questions, then your message is very, very concise and easy. Well, and what is that message? So I think there's probably a little bit of a difference when you're speaking to your own employees and when you're speaking to the public. Everything's based off those core four values, but there are differences in, in what you're focused on. What are some of those messages that you're promoting internally and externally? Well, one of the biggest messages that you want to um, pass along internally is definitely safety. I mean, everybody who comes to work for us every single day has a family at home. Yeah, absolutely. And we work in some very dangerous environments. We're in high traffic areas. We are operating very heavy equipment. There's some dangerous fumes. I mean, asphalt is very hot. So it can, uh, you know, somebody can get hurt very easily or, heaven forbid, something worse. So we always want to make sure we're staying on the positive side of education and information with our employees. Uh, We want to give them basic information when things are happening. Um, our industry is seasonal, so people have to know how to budget for the times when they're not working. But they also need to budget their time for the times they are. They can be out there for, you know, well in excess of eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, what, we, what we always try to communicate to them is that they are valued and that they are celebrated. Their work is, I mean, we're nothing without our, our folks in the field. How do you work with them to make sure that idea of, of budgeting um, their finances for them when they're not working, but then also budgeting their time when they are. How do, how do you guys communicate that? What kind of resources do you give them to help? Um, well, with, with regard to the off-season, we have an employee savings program that um, we offer to hold money out of every paycheck for them so that they can have uh, money during the seasons when they're not working. They also have a, um, a system by which they can save days off, so, and that's tied to our safety program as well. Um, there's a variety of means that our HR program, our HR department is putting together to even benefit them further. That's all going to be announced during our next annual training academy in January. And what about external messaging? What kind of things are you guys trying to tell the community? Well, we try to educate the community on what we do all the time, and we try to do the same thing. We celebrate our employees. We educate them on where we're working. Um, if you follow us on social media of any sort, you'll see um, the stories about what kind of projects we're working on, particularly with Lehman Roberts, with Memphis Stone, we may be talking about the materials that are mined and, and the safety measures that we go to to uh, make sure that those uh, materials are being mined properly and also being transported safely. A, a huge part of our industry is getting the materials from a plant to another plant or from a plant to a job site. That involves independent trucking partners and it affects the neighboring communities, the people on the, the passing roadways. Thinking of external communications as well, what challenges do you feel like you've been faced with as the director of communications? I mean, obviously, there's a lot from an internal perspective, but speaking specifically to external, um, I mean, it's really important to have a strategic plan in place. It's important to make sure that we're reviewing that, measuring, and ensuring that that communications plan aligns with the corporate goals, and we're measuring against those. But in terms of challenges, what what do you feel like have been um, some challenges on your end? Well, we've only had a concerted effort towards external communications for about three years. Right. And we, I mean, the biggest challenge was knowing where to start. So we interviewed a number of agencies, and fortunately, we came across one whose values <laughs> pretty closely aligned with ours. You guys may know them. <laughs> <laughs> we, might, we might know we a might few know people there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even having, um, having the support of a, a professional public relations team, and you cannot undervalue th- those two words together, 
it is communications to the public and it is relating to the public. You cannot undervalue that kind of a relationship, particularly with a team who's very well experienced in, in um, helping companies do that. You know, and the one of the ultimate goals when it comes to public relations is uh, brand awareness. It's mm-hmm. increasing brand awareness. It's building that brand awareness. But more than that, it's it's um, testing, identifying, seeing what's been changed in terms of public opinion. And if there's no public opinion to speak mm-hmm. of, that is both a positive and a negative thing, right? But it's also very interesting to see, okay, you're kind of starting from ground zero. Now, here, three years later, it's really interesting to see what is the public's perception of your business. And then measuring against that on a regular basis to make sure that the messages that we're pushing out there are appropriate, that they're actually resonating with your audience. Mm -hmm. Something we've talked about on just about every single episode of The Boilerplate is really honing in on who your different audience groups are. Mm-hmm. Who who are the people that you need to be talking to on a regular basis? Who are your customers, internal stake, stakeholders, whomever those may be? What are the different messaging considerations that we need to be pushing out to those audience groups? And then what are the different channels that are appropriate to disseminate those messages to this audience group? So mm-hmm. really outlining that with you, with the company, making sure that that is appropriate and testing it to make sure that those messages really are resonating. We might think that they are, but we might be really off. So it's really important (laughs) to make sure that you're testing and you're measuring and you're truly figuring out what is the appropriate message to resonate and then, of course, correcting as needed. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of working with, particularly with my PR team at Inferno. Um, We've noticed over the past two years that just like in the asphalt paving and aggregate mining industries, there are seasons There are seasons that you see uh, higher participation and engagement, both with employees as well as with the public. So then you kind of learn to gauge what you're going to do differently. Maybe you don't focus on a very um, intricate social media schedule when you know your media is going to be off. Instead, you do things like you plan videos that are used internally for other seasons. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really key point, and it's something that I don't think that we've talked about yet, but... The idea, you know, with social media in particular, there are certain times of day where it's best to post to Facebook or to Instagram certain days of the week, and that's just on a micro scale. But if you look at that's changing all the time, too. Right. (laughs) It's hard Um, to keep up with that. But if you look at that from a bigger picture, you have seasonally, I mean, kids are out of school in the summer, and so they're more plugged into social media. Um, I think parents also are just a little bit more active. People are outside a little bit more, Mm -hmm. and so... In some ways, technology dips, but then people are so used to their phone and they're taking it out with them that it's so hard to gauge that. And I think um, that's why tracking and paying attention to what's been going on in the past is mm-hmm. so important because it's really easy to say, well, we're not hitting our goals for last month, but they may that may be apples and oranges. Really, you need to be looking at, if you're looking at, okay, I'm looking at December 2018, compare that to December 2017 and see how those are aligning because really that idea of timing should be compared on more of a yearly basis than a monthly or even weekly basis. Yeah, it's really nice to see how we're performing on a regular basis, whether that's monthly, whether that's quarterly. But really, and especially now that we have some benchmarks mm-hmm. uh, after working together for you know three plus years, mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to say, okay, based on where we were last year, here's where we're performing this year. Also, it's important to, just as you said, Brandon, 
it could be apples to oranges. So what what did we do differently this year? Are we comparing the exact same thing? Well, no, because maybe we integrated more video. No, maybe we integrated a completely new medium. So what are we doing? What's working? What needs course correcting? And what needs more strategic thought, as you said, Farah, you know, um, you know, thinking about just doing the same old thing over and over, if that's yielding the same results or maybe even decreased engagement, let's figure out what is going to increase the engagement, what's going to actually move the needle with our audience. So testing and, um, you know, asking employees, what's going to, what would make you uh, engage with this content? Mm -hmm. And we've seen what that is. And that's, you know, the, that personal touch, that human connection, seeing, you know, they want to see their foreman's face. They want to see someone who's been there for 10, 20, 30 plus years, which is so cool that we're able to promote, you know, people who've been there for 30 plus years because there are so many. It's, it's a really interesting thing, but it's really interesting to see what, what actually resonates and making sure that we incorporate more of that in there. But then we also schedule time to step back and really strategize and determine, okay, now what's going to move the needle next year? How can we get even further with this audience group or with a new audience group? Because that's going to move the needle for the company. Well, and we even saw that this year with our employees. The first year I started showing up with a camera and taking pictures of them, they ran. They ran from the camera. You couldn't find them. <laughs> and now on a paving job, that's that's pretty hard to do. <laughs> I can find you. I can run. But this year I show up, they smile, they're posing, they're excited to see what's going to happen with those pictures. And you can tell the engagement on social media, which only spreads from the employees to friends to family members. And then the fact that we, we as a company, Layman Roberts Company, has very close relationships with asphalt paving companies in other parts of the com- country. So people who are very similar in size, similar in revenue, we share information with them on a variety of, of means, but we also pay attention to what they're doing how they communicate with their employees, how they connect with the public on social media, uh, what they write in newsletter articles, where they contribute those articles to national publications, et cetera. So uh, when you have a a very professional PR team, you can do that with a very small team internally. (laughs) There's no way I could do it by myself. I love what you just said, too, about how that communication stream has affected your culture. You know, it's Mm -hmm. changed people... These guys aren't running yeah. and hiding every time you show up. They're so much more engaged and they're proud to be a part of the company and they want mm-hmm. to be the face of it. And so I, th- I think that idea of once you you know, launch some of these tactics and it actually gets out there and people see it, it really does have the ability to inspire and to get people excited you know, internally and externally about what you guys are doing. It's a huge deal to elevate somebody from having an employee number to actually having a face of, you know, a face that represents the company. They're truly taking ownership yeah. of the company, and that that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We talk about this all the time, about how much employee advocacy really, truly does affect your engagement, whether that's on social media, mm-hmm. on, um, you know, on, on any form, really. And it's really interesting to see, you know, 
especially with uh, algorithms that continue to change on a daily basis on all platforms. <laughs> we haven't experienced that at all. Um, but thinking about, you know, just one person sharing something, someone on someone in their family or maybe on their team then mm -hmm. likes something, they comment on it, then they share it. And then that just really starts moving your content, your company's content up on news feeds. And so-and-so who I'm connected with through three other people liked this. So now, oh, that content looks interesting to me and I'm going to follow them. And that just kind of spreads really rapidly mm -hmm. through employee advocacy. So, you know, thinking about your role from an internal communications perspective, that is so important. It's employee advocacy, you know, on a granular level, making sure that, you know, we're talking to people face to face and continuing to spread those messages about what we're doing. But it's also making sure we're doing that digitally as well. There's mm -hmm. a um, you know, you talked earlier about, you know, not every company has, or not every employee has uh, an email address, you know, mm -hmm. so making sure that you're meeting your employees where they are and you're disseminating these messages in the most appropriate format for them. Maybe it's a, you know, mailed newsletter. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a social media post. It just kind of depends and you've got to make sure you're hitting them in all And, in all and today it's not, um, today it's a little more complicated, even though we have more tools you have more work to be able to use those tools. It's not 1972 anymore where you got a, a, a mailed letter. We do mail newsletters. Right. We mail them to the employees' homes. Uh, we tested four or five years ago distributing our newsletters by email. doesn't have the same impact as not only the employee receiving it, but the employee's family receives that, and they see what's going on with other people. They see where their mm -hmm. family member is day in and day out. So it's a pretty cool yeah. thing. And they're able to take ownership of that too. And when you even turn it to the public perception, um, we all love driving down a brand new black, smooth yes, asphalt we do. high road. Highway, <laughs> but we don't like sitting in traffic while it's going on. So asphalt paving can have a negative connotation for a very temporary period of time. But when you educate the public as to what's really going on, there's a little more understanding. And when you show those people driving the cars and at very high rates of speed sometimes, that the people who are actually making the improvements to the highways are real human beings with real families at home, it changes the perception of driving through that construction zone. And sometimes your hands are tied too. You know, they may see a Lehman Roberts truck out there, but you know, it's not on your schedule. It's on the city's <laughs> schedule. Yeah. So that that's yeah. always, um, that, that goes back again to strategic communications and making sure that you're, you know, that we are um, pushing out the right message to the right people on all different platforms. Um, and then that's somewhere that employees can help as well, you know, continuing to share that message, making sure that they're operating safely, you know, and that's something that you guys do a great job of mm -hmm. is making sure that that that's always top of mind in terms of training and education internally right. and externally. Right. I think this brings up a really interesting question too. So I, you know, I don't want to sound uh, callous, but I think it's important to ask, like as a business, you guys mm -hmm. do focus a lot on educating the public and helping people realize why it's so important what you're doing and, mm -hmm. you know, why it's important to stay safe. What's the value of growing that public awareness when your customers really are just the city? And so, you know, when you guys are trying to land more jobs, you're not speaking to, this whole community of people as much as you are just kind of a select few city employees. Mm -hmm. I mean, with, with Lehman Roberts in particular, there's no point in us advertising for business. Most of our business is by, is gained by bid. You bid for a job. And if you're the low bidder, you get to do the work. The real benefit to communicating with the public, whether it's to, you know, city residents, you know, people that we go as far South in Mississippi as Winona. 
um, is to let them know what the what the improvements are going to be, but let them know what the benefit is. How are your tax dollars being invested and utilized? You can highlight the, your your customer, which is typically going to be either a state department of transportation or a city municipality. Sometimes it's a county. Um, but really, it's more about just letting people know what the benefit is. You can actually save money uh, on maintenance on your car. You save money on gasoline. You save money on tires, et cetera, when you've got a, a nice, smoothly paved pavement. It costs more money to drive over bad roads than it does to drive over good roads. Okay. Now, Memphis Stone and Gravel is a different, it's a different animal. Most of our business, uh, we sell to, obviously, to asphalt producers. You have to have aggregates and asphalt. But we sell to concrete suppliers. We sell to, I mean, those, those materials go into everything from the foundation of new homes to the foundations for schools, shopping centers, et cetera. There are landscapers that buy materials from us. So there's a few more uh, business-to-business opportunities. There's some business-to-consumer opportunities with the message from Memphis Down. There's a lot going on right now uh, talking about moving Memphis forward, and that's something that both companies truly do. You're you're truly moving Memphis forward, mm-hmm. and so making sure that we're pushing out that message and ensuring that people know, you know, both inside the company, you know, for from an employee perspective, the work that you're doing is truly helping to pave the mid south. Mm-hmm. We're it it's um, the you know. The work that you guys did on major highway infrastructure here in mm-hmm. Memphis, it's connecting people to, from, you know, in the tri-state area. It's connecting people coming across country. It's really powerful and impactful work that the companies are doing. And so ensuring that employees take ownership of that mm-hmm. work, that's where safety comes in. That's where communication comes in. That's just, I mean, truly taking ownership of the amazing work that you're doing. And then from an external perspective, you know, Like you said, it's making sure that the public knows and understands while our number one customer might be the city or Department of Transportation, it's ensuring that the public knows we're maintaining safe practices to make sure that we're Mm -hmm. saving you your tax dollars. And we're also helping to, again, move Memphis forward. I think there's some really unique um, storylines there. And and also, it's really really powerful messaging. Mm Um, something that you mentioned earlier um, really got me to thinking about strategic partnerships within the city. So yes. you talk about, you know, obviously there's a strategic partnership with the city of Memphis with different departments of tra- transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us a little bit about those, how you identify those types of partnerships, but also, you know, more community-driven nonprofit partnerships. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously aligning with your core values is really important, but um, from both the business and the kind of community-driven civic aspect, how do you identify partnerships and what are the benefits of those partnerships? Well, you know, a lot of our partnerships are driven by need. So Mississippi, for example, has had a number of roadways that they, they couldn't fund. Tennessee's the same way. You know, Lamar is a great example of that. You're working with municipalities or governing authorities who are doing the best they can to reinvest tax dollars to improve their communities. Our, you know, our work is, like I said, primarily by low bid. But even beyond that, having the relationship with your inspectors, with your, and that, that can be everything from your, your state highway um, department of transportation to your mines, safety, and occupational um authorities, you have to have a good relationship with everybody that's involved 
or you can't deliver the product that the public really deserves. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Our, our mission statement is to help the communities where we live and work to thrive. We do that by our very nature of our business, but we also try to take it a step further and be a good responsible steward of what's been trusted, entrusted to us and give back to our community in very specific ways. I mean, for example, we have three main initiatives that we follow with any of our um, charitable work or community service, and that is community development, uh, education, and then evangelism. And we work with those um, various nonprofits and ministries throughout the year. On our day of service, we work with a number of them. Uh, This year, for example, we're working with 10 different ministries or nonprofits to do 25 projects for 300 with 300 people. Um, But it's all just it's based on the same service mentality that we try to do. We try to approach all of our jobs with. Um, Well, I think that's one of the things that I really think is awesome about you guys. And I mentioned this earlier is that that authenticity has to start from a real place like you have to. You can't just pretend to be a good company and engage people in that way. You can, um, but I think more and more it's getting harder to do that. So it's easier for you guys because you actually do get out in the community and you do this good work. One of the initiatives that I know you guys have done in the past that I've thought is really fun and something that you wouldn't even think about is, you know, you guys are kind of an invisible company from the public's perspective. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. bid on these jobs, you do the work, maybe they see you on the street, but overall I don't think people are like super aware of asphalt paving companies and what they do. Yeah, and they see the city of Memphis, they see the Department of Transportation, they're the ones out there pushing out the news, mm-hmm. you know, right. to, to the community. But you guys bring in, I think, occasionally uh, science classes from different schools mm-hmm. to come out mm-hmm. and learn about the science that goes into aggregate and paving. And, you know, you mentioned, like, asphalt gets really hot. Like, what what does that process look like? And, and what's the value to the community? How does it even work? And just teaching young people about that, I think, is a, a really cool way to make a school subject come to life in a way that they have never thought about. You mm-hmm. mentioned Memphis Stone and Gravel and how aggregate mm-hmm. kind of goes into the foundation of people's houses, and it really does touch all these different parts of lives that our lives that we don't think about. And I think educating young people, especially on the value of that and why it's important to to think about something that they've never even considered before, is that's a really cool thing that you guys can do. Providing mm-hmm. real world application is so mm-hmm. valuable, and I think that's something that Lehman Roberts does so well. Lehman Roberts and Memphis Stone and Gravel, mm-hmm. it's it's really impactful, and it, that goes back to the whole idea of education and sharing of information, and that starts from you know young children to your employees to the community. That's well, pretty impactful. You know, I joke on a it's it's kind of a tongue in cheek joke, but we're the oldest company no one ever heard of. <laughs> and because, you know, you see the logo on the trucks, et cetera, but you don't really relate that logo to the company name sometimes. Um, with regard to the the field trips we do, it's kind of a it's a, a win win. One, it does it gives a little education into the children that are coming up. Um, it's fun. It's fun for us to do. We can't do them all of the time. We're not staffed to be able to do them even weekly as much as we would love to, particularly with the, uh, the guys going out to the mine sites and seeing all of that. But the other thing it does is it kind of brings awareness to the fact that there are job opportunities for children that don't involve a four-year bachelor's degree. They can come out and they can bring skill sets that they learn in a variety of means. We had a group from Streets Ministries over a few weeks ago, and one of the young ladies looked across the campus where our office is, and she said, hey, 
I learned how to weld. So can women come and weld here? Yes, there are all kinds of job opportunities within asphalt paving companies and aggregate mines. It, it, that's just a, a key part of your communication is to subtly let people know what what you offer beyond just your product. Mm-hmm. That's such great advice, I think, for any business, regardless of what industry you're in, is just look for the things that you do well and think about why that's interesting. Because any business that is successful, that is doing well, there's something interesting about what you're doing. There's something mm-hmm. that people are buying into. Otherwise, you wouldn't be successful. That's and right. so, For hundreds um, of years. Right. Yeah. Especially <laughs> as long as Lane and Roberts. That's right. Um, and so I think for a company to have stayed along, around for that long, you guys have really identified, here are the things that we do well. But not only that, here's how they apply to everyone, to our community, to our employees. And you've looked for ways to integrate that. And I think mm-hmm. that's just smart PR. Mm-hmm. It is. It mm-hmm. is. And it's easy PR, too. When you stick to who you are your messaging comes very easily. Because you're living those core values day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So there's always a story to tell. Yeah. Well, thinking about um, you know other companies uh, who may have been in a similar situation um, that Lehman Roberts was in three plus years ago, you know, someone starting out with their um, own internal communication strategy or PR in general, what advice would you give them as they're starting out in their communications efforts? Well, first of all, know who you are. If you don't know who you are, how can you sell who you are? Okay. You need to know who you are. You need to know where your, your core strengths, where your core values are, and you just stick to them. And I can't preach that enough. It has made um, what was going to be a very intimidating job jump um, into a field that I was somewhat familiar, but not completely, into something that comes very easily and has flowed much more quickly than I anticipated. Um, but if you know who you are, you can sell who you are, you can message send that message very clearly. The second is lean on your strengths and lean on people who have strengths you don't. Go to a professional. Go to somebody who specializes in public relations to communicate your message. There's a big difference between advertising and marketing and communications. Now, they should work together, yes, but they are strategically different. Find somebody whose values align with yours and partner with them so that they can complement your, your weaknesses. We talk about that all the time. You know, that, that goes back to strategic partnerships. Again, making sure that not only do your values align, your work styles align, but making sure that, you know, this company really um, digs deep into who you are so that they can then promote your message both internally and externally mm-hmm. and yeah. walk alongside you as you do that in your role. There's so much that goes into that, too. You mentioned it, it is easy. It's easy PR when you know who you are and what you're trying to communicate. Um, but I think to an extent, you have to learn a lot about a lot of different things and wear a lot of different hats. You know, earlier when we were talking about um, tracking results, you know, whether it's week to week or year to year, something to keep in mind is just what is changing in those times and what's going on with the bigness, business big picture because right. we can't just look at our communication strategy. Um, there's a client that we were, that I worked with one time who launched a website in February of one year. They got great engagement for a month over that year. They had some different initiatives. They had a, a bonus running at some point. They had great engagement during that time. And then in the next February, their results weren't tracking as well as they had at launch. And they're like, well, last February it was great. It's like, well, yeah, you had just launched the site. Right. And this September isn't tracking as well as last year. It's like, okay, well, last year you had a bonus going at this time. <laughs> right. And now you don't. So I think, and Farah, that makes your job, I, I imagine, especially hard, is keeping all this in mind during communications and, and really keeping that big picture view of the business. And I think 
Um, as far as creating relationships externally, it's probably really important to have relationships internally too with hugely, different people. Hugely, hugely. Um, one of my biggest challenges is knowing what's going on over a 200-mile span with jobs that are very time-sensitive. So something may be moving that I'm unaware of. I have to constantly be, in, constantly be in communication with all of our department heads, all of our middle management. Otherwise, it's, it, I have no message. I have no idea what's going on. So having that shared resource of, you know, whether that's a timeline, an overarching plan for the year mm-hmm. that is truly a working, living document that we update mm-hmm. and course correct as needed, but that that's something, you know, when, when, he, when it comes to developing a strategic communications plan, that is so important. And then you can go back the next year and say, okay, this September we weren't performing as well. Mm-hmm. What did we do last year? What did our plan look like last year? What did our content calendar look like? What did the overarching message for that quarter look like? Are we comparing apples to apples here? And then again, course correct or figure out, uh, you know, what's, what's our next campaign? What makes sense from a seasonality perspective? What makes sense based on, you know, mm-hmm. the new jobs that are coming up or the new partnerships that we're going to be forming within the community, you know, and, and, you know, do we have new employees with new skill sets who can help us and kind of take us in a different direction? Mm-hmm. So just, I think it, it all, it all boils down to communication internally and externally. And we try very diligently not to oversaturate the same message repeatedly. We try to build on the message as opposed to repeating the message, even though you're reiterating the same core message mm-hmm. all the way through. And you have to be mindful of the risk. You know, when you put something on social media, there is a risk of somebody having a negative comment, negative experience, etc. You've got to be mindful that at the end of the day, you're communicating to human beings. Everyone's a human being. Mm-hmm. We all deserve respect. We may not understand. We may have a different opinion. Be respectful of those people, even when they're commenting negatively, should that ever happen. Of course, it hasn't happened. No. <laughs> but no, I have had some messages that were of concerns. Every one of them so far has come in privately, but I've been respectful in my response to them, and every one of them has been dissipated almost immediately. And that goes into social listening, you know, figuring out where your um, your customers are, where your audience mm-hmm. is, making sure that you're engaging when appropriate in those conversations, um, engaging when and where appropriate, and then making sure that you know you are listening for those concerns and you're addressing them privately or publicly mm-hmm. or both. It mm-hmm. just kind of depends on the situation, but you know, making sure that you're altering your communication style to, to fit your audience, staying true to your strategy, mm-hmm. but ensuring that you're meeting your customers, whether that's internal or external where they are. Exactly. Well, I think the key to that too, Farah, is what you just said. It's recognizing that people are people. And so not just sending out canned answers. If someone was, you know, mm-hmm. commenting negatively in public and saying just like on your Facebook page or something, you wouldn't want to respond to each one of those with the exact same answer. You want to feel like you're hearing them and provide an avenue for them to respond to that appropriately in the correct channel. And just let them know that you're listening because if you don't, they'll they'll notice it and everyone else who sees that will notice mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And it just takes so much of the personality. If you're trying to build an authentic brand, if you're trying to show mm-hmm. people that you're connected and you're invested in them, um, just those little personal touches. And it, it's hard when you're scaling and your business is getting bigger. It's hard to keep an eye on every single one of those and to give it the attention that it deserves, but it's important. Authentic, mm-hmm. transparent communication goes a long way. And it's impossible to communicate whether you're doing it internally or externally without listening, without being compassionate, without being authentic. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
Well, Farah, thank you so much for joining us today. This was incredibly insightful. So oh my gosh. <laughs> thank you. It's uh, always you a pleasure to get to work with you, but I'm really excited to sit down yeah. with you today yeah. and talk about I'm, this. I am blessed to have you guys on my team. Well, thank you so much for being here today and we look forward to uh, another successful year ahead. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you again to Farah for joining us today. We loved talking to you and we hope that you guys all got some great stuff out of what she had to say. If you want to find out more about Lehman Roberts and just the whole organization that they've built, their story is really cool. They've got some great videos and ways for you to engage with them. So check them out at Lehman Roberts. That's L-E-H-M-A-N-R-O-B-E-R-T-S dot com. Check out podcast.creativeinferno.com for more episodes of The Boilerplate. We've got a lot more content coming for you this year. And if you have any ideas or feedback, send us an email. And that's podcast at creativeinferno.com. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time.